Hello and welcome to Franchise Me. I'm Ryan. And I'm Andrew. And this is the show where two friends go on a journey to find the ultimate movie franchise. Each week we'll talk about a film or films in a series, breaking them down and seeing if they are truly worthy of being in a franchise. As we finish different series, we'll compare and rank them among each other in order to find out which one is truly the best. This week, we open at the close and witness the Battle of Hogwarts as we discuss Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. Part two. Andrew, hello, my friend. How are we doing? Hi, pal. How are you? Um, um, I'm doing well, thank you. How are you? I'm wonderful, wonderful. Here we are. We're, we're at the end. This is it. I mean, like, <laughs> this is the last movie. This is the last Harry Potter movie. It's the last Wizarding World movie they ever made. <laughs> we don't have three more super subpar movies due to after this. No, um, spoiler. <laughs> no, uh, this is the last Harry Potter movie. And it's crazy to think about because yeah. this is it. Obviously, we, we, we have a retrospective next week where we'll get to kind of dive into the franchise as a whole uh, for one more week. And I know you're looking forward to it. Boy, the research you're doing. You're actually on an IV drip right now. Um, yeah. But uh, I can't wait to really talk about this one because it's, you know, it's it's the finale. I don't think it's going to be as maybe like deep as a conversation as we had last week with no, part one. No. Uh, because this is a very, very different movie from last yes. week. But um, I'm excited to talk about it anyway because look, man, it's the last one. Yeah, it is. It's, it's exciting. And again, this is, you know, I, we always kind of talk about our experiences with these movies. And I remember when this came out. Oh, and, I was, and, in, yeah. This was a. Did, did you and I go together? We did. We, we did. did. See I thought scene. so. So I saw this at twice in theaters, and I can't remember. I think I saw it for the first time with you. I think so too. But I'm not sure. But yeah, uh, just I remember this being just this huge deal. And like mm-hmm. I know you see uh, memes every now on the internet, like kind of highlighting how big of a deal this was. Mm-hmm. Of like I know there's like an iconic shot of just just a giant poster, and it just has the three characters and the date, and it doesn't mm-hmm. have a title. Or anything like that. And it's like, you know... You know what this is. This What this is. And that this was such a big deal because they didn't even bother... They didn't have to put a title on there. Why would you? You just knew. Like, But how rare is that? that mm-hmm. Like... When you walk into a movie theater and you see a poster that, like, there's no title or anything, you just know. You know what I mean? You You just look at it. Well, the only other example I can think of is Jurassic World Dominion. (laughs) It doesn't need a title, you know? It's 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 greatness over powers. We'll, we'll get there one day. I mean, it's greatness over powers. <laughs> um, it is true, though. Remember, Jurassic World Dominion did not have it in the trailer. They would yeah, not but, put the title in the trailer. Yeah, at least the trailer's one thing, but, yeah. like, the poster, you know what I mean? The poster's like, a different thing. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, no, you know what the movie is from the trailer. Right. You yeah, would walk the in you would thing. see the three of them standing there, and you're like, oh, this is... Yeah, here it comes. Like, it's yeah. on the way. And just... Hey. I, think it's a, I think it's a... It all ends. And it all ends. True. Like, and that's it. Yeah. And, and it is... Because in a way, like, that's the last Potter, like, thing. You know what I mean? Like, there's no right. more books. There's, you know, and obviously there's been others, like, you know, there's the play and, you know, a bunch yeah. of stuff we'll talk about next week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and obviously Fantastic Beasts, but, like, the first, like, you know, the, the final, like, mainline thing, like, uh-huh. it was, every people, you know, were super excited about this. And we're, you know, when we get there, that box office shows that. But, yeah, it, it is definitely, was just, like, hyped time. This, this, this was, again, we were talking about, Mania. like, events. Yeah. With events in film. This was an event. This was an know? event. This was kind of 
of like um, before we had Avengers Endgame, yeah. it was kind of Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2. Yeah. You know, that type of mania for something where people were just like anxious to get to a theater. And I think as we get into this conversation and we talk box office number, we're going to see that. Yeah. You know, we're going to see that mania reflected there. So well, especially is, people knew where we were going, right? Right. If you watched the people first movie. probably read the book at this point. Yeah, well, and if you watch the first movie and you read the book, you know, this is what we're going to get. Yep. And it's pretty much nonstop action, mm-hmm. and, and we'll get into that. But, yeah, it's, it was a wild time. It right. was a wild time. But, yeah, I, I remember seeing this in theaters with you, and, and I just, you know, <laughs> it, was a, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was a really good time. It was a really good time. <laughs> but, yeah, it's it's just, it's it feels weird that, you know, we're already here. Like we mentioned last week, it kind of feels like we, we, ran, we flew through these somehow. Yeah, it feels like so. we flew through these. And I don't even know, is, you know, you look back and you go, wow, where did the time go? Like, it moves so quickly, but... I, I think Here the, we are. the three Fantastic Beasts movies are going to feel longer than this. Feel longer, than the yeah. eight Harry Potter it, because movies. because we've been having such a good time with Harry Potter. We can't believe it's over. Yeah, but we'll be like at the very end of Crimes of Grindelwald, and we'll be like, "Oh my god, we got one more." We, oh my god, we, we still got to talk about all Dumbledore's secrets. <laughs> some of the secrets come out here. Some of them, yeah, some some but. of the secrets come out here, but not all of them because you got to save some for uh, that little movie. <laughs> But yeah, it's it, it. It all ends is definitely a fitting tagline for this. Like for it, sure, it, it all it all it all comes to this. So. Yeah, it's all this. What do you want to jump into, it, my I friend? I want to jump in. All right. Well, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part Two. This is a release date of July fifteenth, two thousand eleven. Oh, that's summer money, baby. This is a big. This is the summer blockbuster. Summer that's money. why this is our summer blockbuster series. Yes, and it almost feels fitting that they didn't wait a year. To put this out, yeah, like it, this they didn't was do this in November. Yeah, they didn't do this in November, and it almost feels almost right that part one came out in November because of the tone of that movie. It's a little bit colder out. Yeah, you're kind of like like you're you're going out to the movies and you're seeing stuff, but it's it's got that November feel to it. Yeah. You know? This is a blockbuster, action-packed, two-hour movie, and it fits perfectly in well, July 15th. It's funny because, you know, last week I mentioned, like, you know, oh, there being such this, this long wait between the movies. And I, had, I didn't even realize at the time, uh, I hadn't looked at the dates closely enough to realize that it really isn't, like, you're right, it really isn't that long. It's what, it's like eight months? Like, it's really yeah. not that long. So It's really not that long. It's, it's eight months. They didn't make you wait a year. And, you know, it was kind of crazy at that time because you finished part one. You're like, wow, I just have to wait till July to yeah. get the final part of this. And it's just, it's very exciting. And yeah. man, what a what a movie. <laughs> you know, seriously, what a movie. But uh, directed by David Yates. Our, our boy, David Yates, <laughs> back again, back again. And he's uh, going to be back uh, through Fantastic Beasts, <laughs> Ryan. He's going to be back through Oof. all three of those movies. But um, yeah, he comes back for this one. And look, I think he does a really good job here. Um, it's not on the level of what he achieved last week, no, no. but as far as crafting just a straight up action packed two hour movie, he delivers, he yeah. delivers, you know, it's exactly what this movie is exactly what you want it to be. And I think that's a lot of credit to David Yates for directing it that way. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. Like it's definitely different, but like, that's one of the things we've, we talked about with, with these two movies is that it, this may be a part one, part two, but it doesn't feel necessarily like the same movie. Like they, they feel mm-hmm. like they're different movies like right. it feels like i got a different experience with part one than i did with part two right in the in the right way you know in what I mean? all in the, the, right, in, ways, in the, yeah. in the right way not, not it's not jarring by any means no 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 but yeah he definitely he has to kick the pace up here like like this movie 
this movie moves. Like this is it's actually a fast-paced the, movie. This is the shortest Harry Potter movie. Yeah, it's and a fast-paced movie. And I know, like when we talked about Order of the Phoenix, I don't really count this as like the shortest Harry Potter movie because it is a part two. Like mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like they right. did they did most of the work right in the previous movie. So and of course it's going to be the shortest. Mm. But yeah, he does a great job of like capturing the the intensity yes of everything and 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 the kind of epicness. The epicness of everything, of it. the because, epicness, the emotion yeah. of it all. Like there is, there. This is a very, very, very fitting finale yeah. to Harry Potter. Like I, I really do feel like this is a really fitting finale for everything. Books, yeah. movies, whatever it is, it works. You know, yeah. it's fast paced and it works. And it's it's a very it's a good film. It's yeah. a really good action film. Yeah. And um I give David Yates that credit. Yeah. And yeah. for him to make the decision of saying because part one was so like emotional and did so much heavy lifting as far as character development, we can now take part two and we can really have fun now. Yeah. We'll hit the moments we have to hit, but this is just gonna be a straight up fun, action packed ride. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Well, David Eats is not alone because this was written by Steve Close. My, our boy Steve Close is back. Boy, does he deliver. Boy, yeah. does he deliver. Yeah, I think I think that, you know, I mentioned to you, and, and we'll talk about it when we get more into, like, the opinions and stuff, that I, I think that there is a little bit of a sloppiness to this movie compared to the first one. And maybe that's because it, it had all the... The weight on its shoulders, it had to do a lot of the heavy lifting mm-hmm. as far as like the clue. Like, part one is, 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 you know, as good as it is, and it is. I, I mentioned I do think it is its own story and has its own ending. Right. It is a setup. It's a set, you know, it, it's going up the roller coaster, like I said, and this is going down. Right. And I think this movie has the responsibility of trying to close some of those loops, and some of them they close very nicely, yes. and some of them are a little bit messy. And my big thing that you know, again, not to go in, into my opinions, but like we've been, we were talking about the differences between the books and the movies, mm-hmm. right? And we talked about how that you know I'd rather them make changes than try to force things in. And right. we talked about the mirror. You know, we didn't actually even fully go into the mirror last week <laughs> too. Yeah, just the mirror that you know appears, and we, right. we were kind of making fun of that. You know, right. the mirror shard. Maybe this was a time to maybe explain that more. Maybe this was a time to take really, a little extra time to do it. To to to, to close that to explain what it is, what right. it means. You know right. what I mean? And it's just exchanges out of the book. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't necessarily work here when it's not the same as in the book. I mean, mm-hmm. the exchange from the book only works if what happened in the book happened in the movie. Right. And it didn't. You know, does, that make, does that make sense? Yeah, it does make sense. Yeah, so, like, you know, when he runs into, like, Aberforth and he's like, where'd you get that mirror? That, that was Sirius Black. And I was taking... How do you... Where, where is that coming from? Where is that what, is that, what does that what mean? Do you mean? What do you mean? Yeah, right, like... Right. You could say Sirius gave me that, you know, or like he did, you know what I yeah. mean? That, that's never spoken. So, right. I don't know. But is that Steve Close's fault? I don't necessarily blame him. I know. I think it's he. Just, I think he just had to keep the story moving. I just was surprised because he's usually we we praised him for doing a good job of like kind of being clean with his transitions, right? And, and, right. and like, has he had to make sacrifices between the what's in the book and what's in the movie? Of course, yes. But we praised his changes, and I just noticed there was a couple moments of like, I wish they would have maybe addressed something a little bit more or sure. just changed yeah, yeah, certain yeah. things. But I, I'm cool with that. Yeah. But you know, and not to get into like. 
opinions or whatever. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, the logistics. The, but uh, budget, we, we talked about this last week. Mm-hmm. You know, this shared a budget with part one, uh, $250 million. So we yeah, knew that, yeah. you know, um, I think, you know, both parts look really good. Mm-hmm. The money was well used. You know, it was interesting how they split that cost and everything. But yeah, yeah it, it looks great. Money, money was spent, right? Yeah. Because... There's a payoff there <laughs> because box office. Give us his box office numbers. One point three billion dollars. <sighs> I love it. You know we talk. We like talking <laughs> billions here, right? We like talking billions on this podcast. Yes. And one point three billion. Yeah. The mania reached a fever pitch. Yeah. For this one, everybody wanted to say goodbye to Harry and Every- his friends. <laughs> You know, it, it really... Everyone wanted to say goodbye to Harry and his friends. And everyone showed up. And it, it's just incredible to, like, read those numbers and go, you know, Heyman, David Heyman was worried about this being two parts. Look at that payoff. Yeah. Part one, what, 970-something million. And here we are, 1.3 billion. Yeah. It pays off, you know? Because, yeah, I mean, it's literally basically $2 billion between yep. the, both movies. Yep. Yeah, because you were able to get the necessary part of the story out of the way in mm-hmm. the first part, you are free to have fun with this and right. to really just give the audience the, the popcorn action movies that they've yep. wanted in the wizarding world. Mm-hmm. And that's what this is. That's you exactly know, it what is it is. absolutely what it is. It is the, the most entertaining and fun Mm-hmm. Movie of the of the Wizarding World. Right. Now, also, it's not so fun in certain parts. There, there's that. It's filled with. You mentioned emotion, and and there's and there's some very there's some big heartbreaking deaths. moments. Yeah, yeah, there's some heartbreaking deaths that happen, and, and there's moments where characters reveal things that uh, you know are new, such as the I mean, obviously Snape reveals yeah. everything to Harry right at the end. There's a lot of that going on in this movie. I mean, it ties up those loopholes. It gives Snape that ending. It gives him the pensive scene. There's a lot of stuff going on there yeah. and it does have emotion but first and foremost it kind of is crowd- action packed crowd pleaser. Yeah. It's an action crowd pleaser and that's what it's meant to be. Like yeah. People are here to watch Harry kill Voldemort. <laughs> right? Like That's why we yeah. are all here. We all want to see Harry finally triumph over Voldemort. Yeah. And that's what this does. And they do it in the best way possible. Yeah. And you get some really, really great lines in there. You get some great action sequences. But at the end, we know this is Harry winning. Yeah. You know? This is where it's, it's everything, what you all, to say. all of the hell that he has gone through for years, he gets to win. For once, he gets to win. You're absolutely right. Well, Rotten Tomatoes score. Uh-huh. Critics didn't really like this one. <laughs> Certified fresh at 96%. Ooh, 96%. That's beautiful. Isn't that crazy? That's crazy. And the fact that part one was 77 percent yeah. and here we are saying that 96 but that word that we used crowd pleaser it yes. is that's what it is it's it a, is. because it's 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 everything you wanted uh-huh it, it's 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 all of the you know i guess like the marvel movies are kind of this now but like yeah. at the time like you would you'd build up to 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 like the crowd pleasing moments you would right. you'd, at the time you know You'd, you'd have to build up throughout the movie and, and near the end and like the third act you would have you know all the big I, I can't believe this is happening moments and this is awesome and this is so cool right. moments this whole movie is kind of a third act yeah it's, <laughs> it, I mean it is the third act that's yeah. the point of it like this movie is the third act you get act one and act two in part one yeah. and then part maybe two. a little bit of part, uh, act two with the green god with the green god stuff maybe I always I, I kind of feel like 
you could say that like them flying away on the dragon is like the end of act two, but yeah. you, there's also a really strong case for like Dobby dying as the end of no, act two. And you're, and you're right you about know? that. Yeah. And, and the last two hours is act well, three. I mean, literally but, besides the first 10 minutes of this movie, uh-huh. this is one day and the, and the epilogue, this is one day. This is one day. <laughs> the amount they accomplish in one day is just incredible yeah. and it, it really it's mind-blowing yeah and then they have that epilogue scene which i'm excited to talk about yeah too. yeah but yeah really just phenomenal yeah phenomenal. i mean critics love the critics, critics love it love it's it. awesome uh, audience is also very uh happy with this fresh at 89 percent beautiful yeah 89 percent. they, they, they liked it. it a little bit more yeah, yeah they yeah. loved it but you want to talk about that cast I want to talk about that. So cast. last week we just had three names. We just had three names. We got a little bit more than three names. We got week. a little bit more than three names, but I think because last week we gave the other three so much love, yes, we can probably ease off this time yeah. with that, with that amount. We'll we'll run over them, but they won't. It won't be as in depth as last week. Uh, don't worry, I don't have everybody who's in this movie because <laughs> we never get past the cast. Just the name, the name people. Just the the, the, the important, the ones that yes. hold weight, the ones that hold some so, sort of significant weight. But uh, starring. Daniel Radcliffe as Harry Potter, Rupert Grint as Ron Weasley, Emma Watson as Hermione Granger, Ray Fiennes as Lord of Voldemort, Helena Bonham Carter as Bellatrix Lestrange, Robbie Coltrane as Rubius Hagrid, John Hurt as Ollivander, Warwick Davis as Flitwick and Griphook the Goblin, Maggie Smith as Minerva McGonagall, David Thewlis as Remus Lupin, Julie Walters as Molly Weasley, Bonnie Wright as Ginny Weasley, Tom Felton as Draco Malfoy, Matthew Lewis as Neville Longbottom, Ivana Lynch as Luna Lovegood, Syrian Hines as Aberforth Dumbledore, Alan Rickman as Severus Snape, and Michael Gambon as Albus Dumbledore. Did you lie to me? That's everybody. <laughs> no, there's no Seamus Finnegan. There's no, you know, there's no Dean out. Thomas. I left a couple out. There's no Cho Chang. There's no Cho Chang. Yeah, very small role there. Lavender Brown, she dies. Yeah, Lavender Brown, she's dead. She's gone. <laughs> What a shame. Yeah, wow, what a cast. Yeah. What a cast. Yeah. Where do we start here? Do you have a place that you would like to start? I mean, so I I closed it off with Rickman and, and Gambin, but I think those two need to be held off to the side. I agree. Uh, they they have a lot to, to cover here. Should we, um, talk, should we just start with, like, Voldemort? Should we just start with Ray Fiennes? Yeah. We yeah, haven't really see. had a chance to talk about him a lot. Yeah. Let's start with the big bad. Yeah, that's fine. So Ray Fiennes is Lord of Voldemort. Obviously, this, this overarching villain, I mean, uh-huh. you know, Obviously, going back to the first movie, it wasn't Ray Fiennes, but, you know, Voldemort's been, a presence has been felt in just about every single movie, every single story. But, you know, here, he's definitely chewing some scenery. He's definitely relishing in in playing the the villain, the bad guy. Yes. Very strong performance. I think he's a a really good villain. Mm Mm-hmm. And he highlights his weak, like as he gets weaker and he and and a little bit more panicky. Like he does right. a good job of highlighting that, right? As well, like he's start he's recognizing that his power is dwindling. Yeah, and he starts to lose it a little bit, which I really really like. I think this is a very fine performance by him. Like, and I know we talked about him more or more or less, kind of like praised him in a way for Goblet of Fire mm-hmm. because when he gets resurrected like that and he's running around, and you made a good point about him like loving having like a body. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is kind of the opposite of that where he's starting to deteriorate a little bit yeah, because pieces of his soul are dying and you can just see him starting to like lose it a little bit. Like, oh, I might lose. 
lose. And it, that's a very exciting thing to watch because you're like, oh, he's not all-powerful. We're yeah. actually seeing Voldemort look weak for once. Like, he doesn't have the upper hand for the first time in a long time. Harry's going to triumph over him <laughs> because he is losing par- yeah. parts of his soul and he's going to die. And that's yeah. very exciting. You see the doubt. The doubt. You see the doubt. The doubt that he could lose. And I think it's a really fine performance. And, you know, Ray Fiennes deserves all the Would love. Would you say it's a really fine performance? No, no, <laughs> I, um, <laughs> truly though, I, I think like he just deserves the love for bringing Voldemort to life Yeah, because you walk away from this and it's always seared in your mind that this is Voldemort. This yeah. is exactly what he is. And he does a great job of bringing that to yeah. life. Is it his best performance as a character? Probably not. No, I, no. I think he's more intimidating in like, you know, part one where in just that one, really the one scene kind yeah. of. Even and, Goblet. Yeah, like, yeah. The way he's like throwing Harry but, uh, around. Also, yeah. he's not necessarily supposed to be the most threatening in here because right. he, he is losing power. You right. know what I mean? He is. He's desperate. He's very mm-hmm. desperate. You know what I mean? But no, when when he when he's giving like his his quote unquote victory speech after Harry's death right. or whatever, right. and yeah, it's just he he's definitely you can see that he I get the vibe that he enjoys playing the character, and I don't know if that's true or not, but you get you definitely think you can definitely get that feeling that like he's having fun with it. And I think he did enjoy playing yeah. it. I do. I do think he enjoyed playing it. I think he had the time of his life, and yeah. you could really tell that he enjoyed it. And yeah. it's it's just it's excellent to watch. Him. Yeah, absolutely. Well, do you want to talk about his his uh, right hand woman? Uh, Helena Bottom Carter as Bellatrix Lestrange. What a performance, huh? <laughs> what a performance. Yeah, this is the last kind of like crazy performance we get from her where she's just so over the top. But again, it's great because she dies. Yeah. And this person who has killed major characters, who has like kind of just run amok and yeah. been off the chain and has like harmed characters, killed them, has done whatever she wants, has suffered no consequences for any of her actions. Yeah. And what happens? Molly Weasley, not my daughter, you yeah. Come yeah. on. I don't I that I don't even have the Weasleys on here. Or no, I do. Never mind, I do. Never mind. We'll talk about her. Good. Um but yeah, that that is that is absolutely wonderful. It's it's a great payoff yes. for for that villain. And and the one thing I wish that they would do, and again maybe this is going into like opinions, but it seemed like they were like they were very happy, obviously, to have the corpses of all the heroes. But it seemed like they were a little afraid to have like the bodies of the of the villains because the Voldemort kind of like evaporates and and Bellatrix Bellatrix change evaporates. Yeah. yeah, and I would kind of think it would be more rewarding. Uh, to and, see and, them. and I don't remember. No, no, I in the book I don't remember how Bellatrix dies. To be honest, I I I, I think it's. The, just the killing curse, but I know Voldemort. I know his body does exist in the book, mm-hmm. and they, they they made a clearer thing. And I don't know if it be if that if that's a, a rating thing, a standards thing. I don't know if it's a rating or a standards thing, or, or they wanted they, to make it clear that he was dead, like like they wanted to make it feel like it was final. Like, yeah. look, there's no body. He's disintegrated. He's gone. There's no soul that came yeah. flying out that was like still alive. I just think I think those deaths would have held held a little bit more weight if they did see sure. the, the bodies. Like, yeah, we've had to watch so many of our favorite characters mm. become lifeless and die that maybe right. we'd get a little bit more. Not trying to say I'd get enjoyment out of watching these people die. Sure, but it maybe maybe would feel a little bit more like vindicated to see that but yeah you know. and and we you know we're succumbed to george dying in this one fred fred 
Fred. I always get them mixed up. Yeah, Fred we, dies. George loses an ear. George loses an ear. So we have to sit through Fred's death in this movie and watch the Weasleys cry over him. Yeah. But then we turn around and, oh, Bellatrix Lange gets evaporated. And it's like, I would have liked to see her, like, maybe, I don't know, hit the ground pretty hard. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I would have liked to see, like, uh, Molly, like, uh, reverse the killing curse on her and just, just a thud. Yeah. Just a nice loud thud where you're like, yep, there it is. She's the sound dead. effect from The Amazing Spider-Man that's 2. What I, that's what I want. Yes. When Gwen Stacy almost, yes, that's exactly what I want. I want that thud to hit the ground. So I'm like, she's dead. Like, she, ain't, she ain't getting up from that. Like, she's dead. Like, and that's a little upsetting. I understand the Voldemort choice because they want to show like, look, he is like, there's no body. Yeah. There's no soul. Because in the past, we've also seen like a soul fly a soul, out yeah, yeah, and yeah. take off. Like, this was so final in that he disintegrates. There's no pieces of his soul that take off. Yeah. It's just the body disintegrating and there's nothing left of him. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, that feels very final for this character. But yeah. somebody like Lestrange, I want that thud. <laughs> I want that thud. <laughs> but no, I mean, it's a good it's a good performance. And, and she's and she's she's been wonderful in the role. She's been yeah. so much fun to watch. Robbie Coltrane is Ruby's hacker. Small stuff here, but powerful stuff. Yes. Um, so one of the, I, I, I think this might be my fun facts, but it's not really about the movie, so I'll, I'll say it here. Mm-hmm. In an interview with J.K. Rowling that I watched, I, and, and again, I know she's a controversial figure, but you know, you just kind of, you can't help but talk about her. It might have been the one, it might have been in the interview with Dana Radcliffe when she talks about like her choice to kill off some people. Mm-hmm. And I think he or whoever she was talking to asks like, did you ever think about killing Hagrid? And she said, I always had an image of Hagrid carrying Harry's quote-unquote dead body mm-hmm. back into the grounds of Hogwarts. He is the one who introduced him into the wizarding world, who mm-hmm. brought him into this journey, and he is the one who's going to carry his, again, quote-unquote dead, dead body, body yeah. back into to end it all. Right. And she's like, that image saved his life. Right. He was never on the chopping block or got close to the chopping block because of that image. And, I, right. and to see that image is heartbreaking right even we know that he's not dead right but still that image is so like but hagrid thinks he is it is and that's what's heartbreaking to see his reaction oh my god like i'm carrying this kid who i carried 17 years ago yeah and here he is in my arms again it's just it's really it's it really is a powerful image and that's kind of the extent of what he does in this movie but like it's worth it but it's also kind of like the worst we see hagrid i mean they literally get into the forest and he's like tied up. Yeah. And you're like, oh my God. You know, like they have him tied down and he's like, and you're like, geez. But once he's carrying him, that's why you want, that's why yeah. you keep it. Because that, what it, and, and that's a good explanation for why um, she never thought about killing him. Yeah. Like saved him from the chopping Because he, you would think that he would be a good, like if she's looking to kill like characters that are going to put emotion into mm-hmm. the reader, then he would be an obvious choice. Yeah. And I'm glad that she didn't like have the moment and immediately have him get slaughtered. Yeah, yeah. Like <laughs> he jumps out of Hagrid's arms and they're just like, I'm a Kadama! And they just like take Hagrid out. And you're like, oh my God. Uh, but he he does also get the, the Harry, small... what have you done? He gets this small little moment near the end where oh, Harry yeah. walks back in and, and he just walks up to Harry. And I don't think they say anything. All Harry says is Harry. And, and he then gives him a hug. And it's, a hug. It's, it's a, it's, it's a yeah. beautiful... It's a beautiful It's moment. reminiscent of the scene that 
you mentioned that you really enjoyed from Chamber of Secrets when mm. he comes back. Yeah. And he kind of gets a big celebration and he hugs Harry and everything like that. It, it really so. is. Yeah, it is reminiscent of that. And it's very like one of those things where you're just like Hagrid really is like a powerful character in this world, you yeah. know, and they give him that moment. And uh, it's nice. It's really nice to see it. Well, uh, John Hurt is back as Ollivander. Mr. Ollivander. Like you mentioned him. He was in the last movie. Small little flashes and bits. <laughs> getting and tortured. Near the end. Getting tortured. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we get him back. You know, this is. I think he, and it's technically I know it's from the last movie. I think he has like the longest gap between appearances in the yeah, film. For sure. You know, he he was in the first movie. He's not seen again until the the seventh movie. Mm-hmm. They try to do the in the sixth movie. They show him getting abducted, but it's right. it's clearly not him. It's, it's just, clearly not him. They couldn't get John Hurt for a day. <laughs> <laughs> they just got somebody um, else. But yeah, no, I mean, you know, I like what he does in this movie. Yeah. I like the the wand identification scene. Yeah, because he's got, he's looking at each one, but like Harry basically calls him out for lying. He's like, yeah. you're you're lying. You do know. He's like, yeah. you know, and then he's just kind of like, you know, like it's it's funny because uh, Ollivander kind of puts on that image of like kind of like the wand shop guy like he kind of puts on that thing like oh I wouldn't know anything about the elder wand that's yeah. not real like he kind of like he's like I don't believe in old wives tales like he's kind of doing that whole thing yeah, he's like, I know you're lying and he's like he's like Ollie come on <laughs> it's like Ollie come on and then he's just like, yeah, it's real. He's like, I know, it's real. He's like, I, it's it's a real thing. It's out there. But I do like that uh, that scene though because he yeah. he plays up the here's my shopkeeper personality, yeah. but then here's my real personality. Well, you know, and in I know in the book they, I mean, he, they do it in the movie, but in the book they can explain it that like he has this like sense to him that like. Because he's so he's so wrapped Ollivander's so wrapped up in like just the logistics and the wonder of like wands and wand making yes. and stuff like that that he kind of blurs the line between good and good and evil or whatever. Like mm-hmm. he's more he's impressed by just what can be done. And like you know in the in the very first movie we get the the wand the, you know the wand that you know basically talking about Voldemort's wand he said it did great things terrible. But great, yeah. He's and we kind of get that sense that like he's he's talking about he's kind of you know, towing the line. Yeah, like yeah. like he's talking about Voldemort and he's talking about the the, the elder one. Like it's this mm-hmm. terrible thing, but also like kind of impressed. And Harry kind of gets a vibe of like oh, oh, oh creepy. Like yeah, he's a, he's a little he's a little off. Like they yeah. kind of, they kind of uh, again much in the way that like the last movie kind of breaks down Dumbledore a little bit. And they <laughs> do that more this movie. Yeah, they kind of do that with Ollivander a, here a little like, bit. Yeah. Like, Mr. Ollivander's a little nuts. He's a little nuts. <laughs> but Warwick Davis, Warwick Davis, you know, we're big fans of Warwick Davis. We Tony, love Warwick Davis Tony, Tony, big fan of Warwick yeah. Davis. Mr. Uh, Leprechaun. He's back as a uh, Flitwick and Griphook the Goblin. Well, Mr. Um, Leprechaun, not, no, 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 no. not Warwick Davis. Because Warwick but Davis like, plays the Tony, Leprechaun. Tony is Mr. Leprechaun because yeah, he loves. I just want to make that very clear. <laughs> I said You're not it. making fun of Warwick I, Davis. I think Warwick Davis is a phenomenal actor. And Mr. <laughs> Leprechaun is directed at Tony because he loves those movies, not yeah. Warwick Davis. Should be very <laughs> clear about that. But no, War- Warwick Davis, dual roles here, you know, uh, Flitwick yeah. and uh, Group of the Goblin. How Again, did, uh, God, pulling double duty. Uh, I, w- I was going to say he doesn't have much to do, but he's he's in the, the, the beginning of the Group of the Goblin. is a good prominent show. in the beginning yeah. of this movie. He's great. He's great in the role. He, 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 he like, 
he's mischievous and devi you know and and just on on trusty untrustworthy and just you know yeah he's kind of a slime ball yeah he's kind of a slime ball and he's he's kind of uh you know he's making bargains for things like he he for whatever reason really wants that sword he wants godric uh gryffindor's sword oh it's goblin made and he he believes and he he he, he wants it yeah yeah he believes that and again that's something that's explored more in the books but the goblin they say that goblins believe that if something is goblin made even if you bought it, mm-hmm. it that they're the rightful owner so like if i bought something from a goblin and then i died instead of it going to my my next of it kin, goes to the goblin the goblin believes they should get it back right Right, and so he wants like you know, he wants the sword. He wants whatever, the sword. Yeah. How mad do you think he was when it disappeared out of his? Well, lap? he was dead. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. He does. He does. He does die. He does die. <laughs> I was gonna say like he's probably not that mad. He's probably not that mad. He's probably pretty dead at the bottom of a pit in Gringotts. But um, oh man, I just like that image of like him sitting like in a rocking chair with the sword in his lap, and he's like, finally, I got the sword. And it just disappears because Neville pulls it out of the hat. And he's like, oh, no. Yeah, that, that's... Um... But Gri- Griphook is a very interesting character. Yeah, yeah. Um, and ends up obviously dying. And he kind of... <laughs> He kind of pays for his uh, greediness. Yeah, is that what? Yeah. Is that the word here? Yeah, no, I think. Yeah, well, he, yeah. I want to be very careful because <laughs> there, there is there. Obviously, there's stuff with goblins now yeah. in in the Harry Potter world. And yeah, uh, there's a little bit of a controversy, a controversy around controversy. The, the goblins I, I, because you know people make a lot of like. Are the goblin or the betrayal? Yeah, are the betrayals of goblins supposed to be anti-Semitic and towards Jewish people? Yeah, and it's a fine line to walk. You can absolutely get that vibe when you watch this. Like, I'm not like you can absolutely get the vibe that there is some anti-Semitism if you're looking for it. And I totally understand. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate, and I totally understand it. But I just I want to be careful with my word choice because it's it's portrayed as maybe he pays for his greed. Yeah, or his selfishness. Or his selfishness. And, you know, it is what it is. That's what happens to him. He falls, he dies, he plummets to his death with the other poor, unfortunate goblin that was with him, right? No, he... So, he's... Gribbrook's killed by Voldemort. Yes. Uh, And the goblin that's with him gets burned by the uh, dragon. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, good. Because I was going to say, there's the funny scene of, like, Gribbrook abandons him and Ron's like, well, at least we got the other one and then the dragon just... Just burns him, and you're just like, oh god. Yeah, it's it's very um, it's really like it's an interesting character, and to to say the least, it's an interesting character, and Uh, it's a good performance by Warwick Davis. It's a good performance. I'm just trying to get to that. It's a very good performance by Warwick Davis. But you know, doing double duty with Flitwick, and And he's got a couple characters. Nothing, nothing wrong with Flitwick. Yeah, Flitwick's a you know very normal professor. Yes. He's great. Uh, nothing attached to him. Great, great performance. He's been looking very dapper, dapper ever since the third movie. Yeah, looking very dapper since the third movie. Love Flitwick. Yeah, he's he's wonderful. He's wonderful. Great um, name too. Maggie Smith is Minerva McGonagall. She steps up here, doesn't she? Yeah, there's some very powerful and sweet moments with her. Yes, and when she, you know, she's well, obviously she stands. Harry goes to go go goes to go face to face with Snape. And McGonagall just shoves him out of the way. Well, you can kind of tell that she's been like chomping at the bit for this moment. <laughs> she's like, she's like, no, 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 no. 
I want to take him on because I've been waiting for this moment and I want to take down Snape. And uh, what does Snape do? He pretty much runs. Yeah. He pretty much runs. Yeah. Like, it's not even it's not even like a competition. No, but really. th- there's a nice little detail where he takes He's her spells and he deflects yeah. them into the... I think those are the Karos. Yes, yes. Uh, the, the, the Death Eater siblings behind him uh-huh. uh, and takes them out. So, like, he's yeah. not just... He's not necessarily being a coward. He's just... He's taking them out so they're not there to, to attack the students so everything's mm-hmm. safe and then he leaves. Such a fascinating character. It is. There's a lot Such of... Such a fascinating we'll character. We'll get there. Yeah. But, but um... Yeah, but she, after that moment, but after that moment, yeah, they have kind of that little conversation. But when she says, when she looks at him, he goes, "Potter, it's good to see you again." Yeah, it's, oh. yeah, I know it's it's a strong. <laughs> moment. I'm tearing up right now. <laughs> it's a very strong moment. So good. And I know some. I saw some. You know, some people are up and down on the. I always wanted to use that spell thing. It's fun. She's oh come on. She's having a good time. It's fun. It's fun. Let Professor McGonagall have fun. <laughs> she can't always be the strict curt professor. You know, let her have fun. Yeah. I, it's it's a strong it's it's again it, a lot of these are kind of just a few scenes a couple minutes of screen time but yeah it, she Maggie Smith just shines in this role she makes the most of it yeah yeah uh, David Thewlis is Remus Lupin yeah um I, you know I don't have much to say about no him I know it's again he it, doesn't really do much in this like it's kind of like he he pops up I mean I would say actually his more prominent scene is maybe during the resurrection zone scene i yeah. think it's actually when he's dead yeah. that he's more prominent well, then, like i don't even think when he's I alive i wanted to mention him because obviously him and tonks and and their Die. death yeah, yeah. And, and that's supposed to be very and it is very emotional and it is they they that, that that's one of the sloppy things i think i mentioned this last week mm-hmm. where like harry goes remus your son son you, you we, we never established he had a son in this movie we yeah they never got that news out yeah <laughs> like well, where, where's that coming from? Right, so, right. You know that that was how it's kind of like, oh, they could have, uh, they could have, you know, said something. They probably built that up a little <laughs> bit more than they did. Um, but yeah, no, he's really good. I, I again, I like David Thewis Thewellis a lot. Yeah. I think he's great, and he's great as Lupin. I've always liked him as Lupin. Yeah, and that resurrection stone scene is very good. Yeah, the the, the shot of the, it's like two shots that really stand out the, mm-hmm. when everything's going down and him and Tonks reach for each other and then the shots of their bodies together yep. a- afterwards and it's very emotional and, and it, again it's the use of like quickly using these characters but in a very emotional and powerful way right and you know we talked about it earlier but she's back Julie Walters is Molly Weasley steps you know, up man. Oh. Ha- yeah, again has that that big scene yep. against Bellatrix has some good like background work with like or like distant work with like mm-hmm. w- you know after Fred's death and you know they don't really focus on it too much like you kind of right. get like quick shots they, they kind of breeze over the Fred death it's it's in the background a little bit more like if you look in the back where yeah. you kind of they don't they don't look close up on it mm-hmm. but no she's 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 really wonderful and, right and she's everybody's mom and, right you know and it, it, she does a great job of like you you do feel the weight of her character or or, or this war on her character and. She's going up against Beltrix. She's already lost a son, and she had another son who's who's damaged. You know, yeah. Bill is all scarred up, and yeah. all this stuff. And she's like, "I'm not letting anybody hurt my children anymore." Like, right. it's it's really, and she just takes out Beltrix. Yeah. like it's nobody. And after she takes her out, she smiles. <laughs> like, she smiles. I did. She's it. like, she's like, that's yeah. it. How much more satisfying would it have been if we heard that thud? <laughs> I'm sure that's exactly <laughs> what she was thinking in that moment. She was like. Wish I got that thud. <laughs> Bonnie Wright is Ginny Weasley. She's she great. She's yeah. really great. Again, Again not much to small here. Small role, yeah. but um, 
really establishes just like that uh, longing that Ginny and Harry have had for each other. Even yeah. though he's been gone for this long period of time, they never stopped uh, loving each yeah. other essentially yeah. because they end up together. They end up going all the way. But like, it's interesting that, you know, they never really stopped loving each other even through all of that. Like yeah. when he comes back to Hogwarts and she's like, oh my God, you're back. And you know, yeah. it's just, it's very like emotional even in that. In well, those it, moments. There's the funny scene where she returns and like, she's very clearly like excited to see Harry. Ron's kind of like, I'm, I'm well, here. Well, he's <laughs> the brother. Yeah, he's like, he's like, oh, a brother, you wouldn't even think I'm here. Like, he's like, <laughs> Tom Felton is Draco Malfoy. <sighs> What's there to say? Like, it's yeah. a bet. It's again super small. Like, yeah, yeah. Stuff to do here, but um, interesting in the fact that he. <laughs> His lack of action speaks for his for he refuses, his character. He refuses essentially to kind of like fight for, I guess either side. Well, right? he's he seeks out. He actively seeks out Harry. Yeah. To go into the, when they go into, into the, the room, room of requirement, requirement, but he can't bring himself to, to do it to hurt anybody. He, he can't kill anybody. Yeah. I mean, he would hurt Harry. Like he would absolutely. Yeah, do well, he's that. you know, but, but he's, he's not but like he's not gonna kill. To or, yeah. And he got Goyle in the back of his ear, you know, whispering. And where's know. crap? I'm just kidding. I know it's going to be a fun fact. I can't wait to talk about it. I can't wait to talk about it. Uh, But yeah, he's got Goyle back there kind of whispering in his ear. But then Goyle meets a pretty grisly death. Well, Crab, that's supposed to be, that is supposed to be Crab. Goyle is supposed to live. They they go with Goyle because they're like, well, we can't just have this random kid fall in. Well, he's from the sixth sixth movie. It's a Zane or something. Right, but he's not as important. Blaze, Blaze. But but we all know Crab and Goyle, not Crab and Blaze or (laughs) Goyle and Blaze, you know? Like, it's kind of like, you can't just drop Blaze in there. It's not going to have any meaning. It has to be Goyle. Yeah, yeah, And um, it works because, you know, he falls in, then they end up saving Blaze and uh, Malfoy. Yeah. And... It, that's a really unique moment when Harry says we have to go back for them because I think that's the moment where Draco's like, even though when they get out, as soon as they get out of there, they hit the ground, Draco takes off. Right? Yeah, he yeah, runs yeah. off. But in that moment, you realize like Draco's not going to kill Harry and they are also realizing, <laughs> if I may steal from Hamilton, the world is wide enough for both of us, <laughs> right? <laughs> if I may steal from Hamilton. But like they realize that they can coexist, you yeah. know? They don't have to be friends, but they can both yeah. live in this world yeah. and co- exist when we see him again in the epilogue it's not really like a conversation it's just a little nod it's just a little nod like hey you know good to see you know good to see you but like there's no friendly thing you know because they're not friends or they're not enemies they're not friends they're not enemies they're acquaintances until the they know each other the stage plan until the cursed child they they fix well no they actually are friends no well i know but they hate each other immediately oh yeah yeah everything gets fixed and it's all good yeah it's we'll talk cursed child next week I, I can actually speak on that because I saw it. But, I've read um, the I've read the thing. You read so. the thing. Not the same as seeing it. Okay. Um, <laughs> oh the D Oh the D dot. <laughs> you can um, do the research yes, and yeah. post the, the retrospective next week. Okay. Mal- yes, Malfoy. Who else do we have? Uh, Matthew Lewis is Neville Longbottom. Oh, what a moments is all I can say about yeah. Neville Longbottom. It's like every scene he's in is basically a moment. Right? Like, every scene Neville has is a moment for him. And it's like, this is so great. Like, he comes out of the picture frame. He takes takes them all the way back to Hogwarts. And when he opens the door, I brought a surprise for you. And then, but you're sitting there and you're like, oh, Neville's leading this whole thing. Yeah. 
you're like, oh my god, like Neville is in charge here, yeah. and he is leading he Dumbledore's up. army. Yeah. yeah, and you're just like, this is incredible, and uh, it's very cool. And he gets obviously great moments. I mean, he's got he's got that speech. Yeah, uh, it's a good speech in front of Voldemort and chops Nagini's head off. <laughs> I wish the placement of that bothered me a little bit. I wish it would have happened as soon as he like, he pulled the sword out of the hat. Like I wish Nagini would have attacked and he could have chopped it. Yeah, like pulls um, it out and then yeah, instead of like awkwardly getting knocked back and then waking right. up and then and then they're they they're trying to build tension, but right. I don't think they needed that. Right. Uh, but no, you're right. There's some really wonderful moments with him and and right. and. It, uh, really is a standout in the little bit that he has to do and it's great to see that he is you know this this is little coward Neville Longbottom mm-hmm. has come so far to right. see where he is now and 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 he's we, we we've talked a little bit about like you know these supporting characters these background characters right. they all they need is a couple minutes of movie and and they get they can have a powerful payoff right. like this and even just how brave he is now yeah. like even <laughs> like when he's like mocking the death eaters at the end of the bridge the shields down yeah. and he goes Oh, and then he just takes off across the bridge. Bridge explodes. He's hanging on. He pulls himself up. He's like, that went well. Like, he's just kind of like, oh, he's so... uh, Who blew up that bridge? That was Mr. Seamus Finnegan. Uh, (laughs) Finally something to do. Finally something to do. I I, I reminded you when we walked out of the theater, you literally looked at me like, oh, he finally gave Seamus something to do in these movies. (laughs) Yeah, finally he had something to do. Yeah, but um, Neville's great. I just wanted to say Neville's great. And I also like the moment too, very quickly, where there's no dialogue. It's after the fight's over. He's sitting there with the sword and then Luna kind of sits next to him and he's just kind of smiling and he just smiles at her and then smiles away. And you're just like, oh, this is really like a nice moment. Do they end up together? in the book is that what happens is it long is it does Neville do you so Neville actually Luna? actually I don't remember so actually with the Pottermore stuff and, uh, and J.K. Rowling going in and saying like where where everybody goes they do not end up together okay I cool. don't I don't remember if that's fe- I don't think that's featured in the book but to be honest with you I don't necessarily remember even I don't though remember I just, either I'd have to go back and revisit uh, it even though I just listened to the audio book I don't remember I don't think it's in there but I right. know and I think she has kind of said like even if there was something it was like a summer fling and then and then they, they, they went their own the ways yeah or whatever which I don't necessarily well revo- revolution brings you together yeah. I don't necessarily love that I'm like why can't they just be together yeah you but, might as well every I other character Luna in the- actually ends up with Seamus Finnegan no yeah, you know, she, <laughs> no he she ends up with a relative of Newt's commander oh. uh, according to J.K. Rowling if I remember correctly interesting um, yeah, that kind of works she has like a whole family tree right 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 this person married this person had these kids and did this and did this and uh, stuff so. the love goods yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, no, the the Scamanders. The Scamanders. Thank you. Thank Sorry, you the Scamanders. But yeah, uh, slash Lovegoods. <laughs> <laughs> But no, uh, uh, but talking about Luna, we have uh, Lionel Lynch as Luna Lovegood. Great. Yeah, great. Just, Wonderful. You know, Small performance, great. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Good. Perfectly cast in the role. Always perfectly, perfectly cast, cast in the role. Searing Hines as Aberforth Dumbledore. I liked his Aberforth. Yeah. I do like his Aberforth a lot. He comes in, obviously, <laughs> he's not Albus by any means. Um, this guy is pretty grumpy. <laughs> um, has a lot of issues with Albus. Uh, clearly has a lot of like pent up aggression or pent up uh, resentment of Albus that my feeling was that he never got to resolve while Albus was alive. Yeah. And he's clearly still carrying that with him. Yeah. Now he steps up at the end, obviously. He yeah. shows up for Hogwarts and he steps up because he realizes it's, it, he, I think, comes to the realization that it's, it's, it's more than Albus. This is, you know, a lot more than him. This yeah. is the world. 
possibly. And he's like, I got to step up. I like his portrayal of kind of being the guy, again, to kind of shatter the image of Albus Dumbledore. Like, he's like, you have no idea who this guy was. Like, he chased greatness and made a lot of sacrifices along the way. Well, Aberforth, like Albus, has some secrets. Well, that's coming in Fantastic (laughs) Beasts 4... <laughs> Fantastic Beasts: The Secrets of Aberforth. Well, no, no, no. We see it in the Secrets of Dumbledore. We well, there's see. More, no, there's more. There's more secrets. There's more. The Secrets <laughs> of Aberforth. It's coming. But yeah, uh, um, and that actually works for Fantastic Beasts Four because Aberforth. <laughs> it's Fantastic Beasts Aberforth. Yeah. <laughs> God, it was. <laughs> oof. Oof. <laughs> Can't wait to talk that one in a few weeks. But um, no, his. But yeah, go ahead, please. No, no, he's he, he's. I feel like I'm just saying this to everybody, but no, he's wonderful in the role. Mm-hmm. You're right. He is the one who kind of has to give Harry the, the truth. Like, here's the kind hard of... The truth. Yeah, here's kind of what happened. Like, and, and, and I think Harry, though, is able to inspire Aberforth to, like, look past the flaws of, of Dumbledore. Like, yes, Albus has had flaws and mm-hmm. Albus made mistakes. Mm-hmm. But the Albus that I knew in his older age as he approached his death was somebody who meant to do, to do good to... Mm-hmm. To help the world, to help the other, he carried the weight of the loss of his sister, and in a way, also the loss of his brother. That mm-hmm. that damaged relationship yeah. with him, and you could tell that, that he's trying to inspire Aberforth, and, and Aberforth does. And you're right, he does step up, and that, that's a really nice moment mm-hmm. too. But yeah, it, he he's a it's a great like last challenge to Harry as he has to mentally prepare to go into the the battle. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I couldn't word it better. <laughs> You're <laughs> right. <laughs> but Alan Rickman as Severus Snape. Okay. This is the big one, right? This is the big one. Yeah. I love this turn in this movie. I, I think it's it's... This is what it leads up to. This is what all of the movies are leading up to. This is what all of him protecting Harry leads to. Him kind of doing little things to... <laughs> thwart Voldemort here and there all of these things and you're just like right he is a double agent yeah um he is there for the greater good yeah but there is a lot of flaws still yeah he's he is he is an agent for the greater good but he is a very flawed character nonetheless I think he's a character that people choose to look past his mistakes yeah, and they idolize him a little bit. And I think they, I think it's false idol, idolism. Mm. I, I don't think that he necessarily deserves to be idolized the way that that he has, mm. because yes, he has done. He did some very noble things, looking out for Harry, the dedication of basically sacrificing his life and giving his life to. Mm-hmm. Do uh, you know Dumbledore's wishes, and 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 I do believe that there is a a regret in in the in the choices that he's made in his life that mm-hmm. that to be a Death Eater to to choose this this side, you know, he's forced to face that regret because of the death of of Lily Potter, yes. and we you know we do see this love, and, and again I I believe that is a genuine love that he has had oh for her and absolutely and, and everything his but, Patronus is a doe yeah it's just <laughs> like, I don't think that that excuses is his action because it's not even right. like he just treated Harry bad. He's it been was... treating students at Hogwarts for decades or yes. however long it is or years. You know, poor Neville Longbottom's biggest fear is Severus Snape. Like yes. he has tormented and tortured these people. And yes, like behind the scenes, he's doing you know something for the greater good and he's making sacrifices. But right. you don't have to be. A d- about it you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah i mean and that's the thing he's 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 kind of a d- 
about but it. Like, I, I think people are like, oh, that that always that 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 always is such a beautiful moment, and it is. It is a beautiful moment, yeah. and this is a beautiful. I love the the pensive the revelation scene with mm-hmm. Snape. I love it. I'm I'm up there with it. it. Is it is the highlight of the movie for me? Yeah. It, it, it's very well done, and Alan Rickman is incredible in the role. But right. the character, I think, people. Idolize or very much. quickly to, to look at this and go, well, he's did so noble, and even and like, I even think it's weird that Harry named his you know his son after after him or his middle he gives name him his after middle him. name yeah. Severus, yeah. I, I mean, and that's I mean, I, I I guess I get it because he did protect him and stuff, but I don't know. I just think it is it's straight like when Harry's like, <laughs> oh, that's the bravest man I ever knew. I'm like, I don't know, man, like. Well, not brave enough to be named after the first kid. The first kid is like James. <laughs> James. Uh, is it James Sirius? James I, Sirius. Thank is you. it it's James Sirius Potter? Which which is perfect, yeah. right? It's his father and it's his godfather. Two people you should actually look up to. And then he gets to that second son. And he's like, I don't know, Albus Severus. And you're like, <laughs> ah, maybe not. You know, I don't know. Maybe like, uh, I don't know, Ronald Neville. <laughs> maybe. Neville Rob, you know, something like that, maybe? Neville Rubius? Rubius? Where's, where's Hagrid? Hagrid? Where the f*** is Hagrid? <laughs> Where the f*** is Hagrid? I'm like, yeah, this guy's been looking out for you for years, and he can't even get you can't even get the the name of the kid to yeah. be Rubius? You couldn't even name the daughter Ruby? Even the daughter. I couldn't believe And also, Lily Luna. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how did Luna get in there? What, what about Minerva? <laughs> No. There's like, some weird what choices. What about like Lily it, Minerva or, or I, you know what I mean? It's like I couldn't believe Luna got in there. I'm like, if we're opening up the whole Harry Potter kids names thing, it definitely does feel a little bit like fan fictiony. There's there's like, something off there. Yeah, I don't I don't like I like James Sirius. I think that makes sense because yeah, I'm it's like, his dad those and are, his, those are two people that are very important. It's his him. most important fa- uh, paternal uh, figures you yes. know, in his life. Yeah, and, and for the daughter, of course, Lily makes sense. I'm like again, his mother, perfectly fine. Luna, I still like I can't even like wrap my head around why mm. she even got in there. Yeah. I'm like. I would have gone with like Minerva, yeah. where like McGonagall has been looking out for you yeah. for years as this other motherly figure. I, am, am I crazy for saying this? But what like, about what about Lily Hooch? <laughs> <laughs> You're named after my mother, and he just holds her really close, and he says, "And the worst flying teacher I ever had." <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I mean, it was bad. She let 11-year-olds just fly on brooms, and she didn't even bring her broom to class. Madam Hooch smelled heavily of whiskey. <laughs> Welcome to ASMR, man. Uh, no, no, I don't, I don't want Hooch. Um, but, like, I, but, like, Minerva would have been a better yeah, choice yeah, yeah, yeah. there, because McConaughey's been looking out for you, man. Yeah. But then the, and then the third kid, Albus Severus, I'm yeah. like, Albus... I guess you can get away with Albus to a degree. Yeah, because yeah. Because again, I, I get it. Like even though he was a flop, but Severus, I don't know about that. I'm yeah, like, yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that. Even like, I would have. I, I honestly maybe would have gone with, like Neville or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Albus. I'm Neville telling Potter. you, man. Rubius, 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 Albus, Rubius Potter. Albus, Rubius Potter. That's even a better name. That's right what down. you go with. And uh, you know, uh, whatever. That's a whole a- conversation. A R P. 
A or P. Yeah, that's a whole conversation right there for the epilogue, but still. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like how we got caught up on that. We're talking about, who were, were we talking about? Aberforth? Snape, Snape. Oh, Snape. Okay, yeah. But no, um, I just, yeah, I just, I just think that, like, like what he did is, 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 is awesome. It's noble. But like, I, I just think, and I know, he, I know he, the, the what we're going to get is, he did this. He, he, he was a, he was a jerk to keep up his persona. So yes. that nobody suspected him, him of anything, but. Yes. You could have like eased up, eased up a little bit, eased up a little bit. Like, yeah. um, you know, during that pensive scene when uh, you know the, the, he's he's in the office with Dumbledore and he has that moment where like Dumbledore is kind of like is it like kind of reveals like oh I'm ba- like basically Harry has to die like and I know this and Snape kind of says like uh, he's like oh you've been raising the boy for slaughter and kind of like brings up that thing. Albus kind of says that Albus says to him, uh, "Don't tell me you've come to care for the boy." Yeah. Do you think Snape cared for po- for Harry Potter at the end? I think that he. Do you think there was a sense? Of, I think a sense he, of I I do care for this kid some degree. I think it's love. It's love for the mother reflects onto the son. Mm. You know what I mean? Because I, right before is, he dies, he's like, "You have your mother's eyes." Yeah. Because I now I I think that I think yeah I think that it's it's it is mostly the love for his his mother and I, I don't think that it is much for him himself I think that right. he feels like he has to protect Harry because of Lily and his mm. love for Lily right. I don't think that it is I don't think it's actually for him right I and, and I think too. that that's what I think that that's what that reveals is showing because Albus Albus Dumbledore uh, questions him if he's caring about Harry and he reveals his Patronus is it Is a doe, which is which was Lily's, and signifying that he loves and cares for Lily. But but because he cares for Lily, Lily, he yeah. cares for so, Harry to some degree. Because only he, because of only the, because the connection. Of Lily. Yeah, 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 only yeah. because of the connection, he cares for that. You know, it's just it's one of those things. But yeah, yeah I mean, that's uh, I think you're really you make a really good point though, as far as like people idolizing him. But yeah, no, that's how no, I feel No, and him. I think that, like, I think that word, that, that quote, always, I think it's a powerful quote. I, I, I do. It's just, I don't know. I, I do think that it is, he se- it seems like he, he didn't necessarily treat Lily the best anyway when, when they did have, you know, a friendship mm-hmm. and everything like that. So I don't know. It's just... Yeah, it, it's it's complicated, but it's a com- he's a complicated character. Right? He is, Complex. and he's a very interesting character. Yes, he's a very There's interesting no character. No doubt, you don't have to be a good person to be an interesting character. He's yes. an interesting character, nonetheless. But Michael Gambon is back, my friend, as Albus Dumbledore one more time. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's really one scene, kind of. It's like, it's kind of, well, I mean, and then well, there's the, the flashbacks. Of, I was going to say the pensive scene and obviously the Harry, quote unquote, death, death scene. The, ki- well, I mean, well, I, I the King's more, Cross station. I think it's more of like a purgatory. Yeah, well, well, he has the wonderful like he has line, a like, choice. Is this, is this happening in my head or is this real? And he's like, of course it's happening in your head, but why does that mean it's not real? Right. You know what I mean? Like, right. that's a really good. That's a great you know, line. Yeah. Yeah, Albus Dumbledore. Uh, Michael Gambon. I, I just like seeing Michael Gambon. I like seeing Michael Gambon on screen too. Like the pensive scene stuff is is really strong because he's basically revealing everything right there. Yeah. But the King's Cross purgatory scene is just so good. Yeah. Just how he is. This is the calmest we've ever seen. Yeah. And I think you know. I think uh, you know. Death has mellowed him out. Yeah. <laughs> he's not well, grabbing he, Harry well, that's anymore. What they, that's what Steve Close and Jake. You must choose life or death. <laughs> and he's like slamming him against the pole. He's like, <laughs> like, even in, even in the afterlife. <laughs> Harry makes it to King Cross and go to Dumbledore greets him just immediately. Did you put your name on the cover of fire? <laughs> That's all we handled this four years ago. That's all we handled this four years ago. I didn't believe you then, and I don't believe you now. <laughs> just, 
he's like never got over it. He's just like that's the only thing but holding Steve him back. Steve Close and J.K. Rowling in the interview again, you know, they said like they, like in that scene there's there's a, a weight lifted from Dumbledore. Like he yeah. is kind of weightless. He like he he has accepted the like, he he has accepted death and has yeah. accepted his role. And you can feel that you can see that in, in yeah. here. And so and the fact that he's kind of just it's because I know it's like it's happening in Harry's head, but like the fact that Dumbledore is kind of it, almost like has been just waiting for him to yeah. get there, right? And then he shows up and he's there and he drops a bunch of wisdom on him and then he kind of just takes off, right? He kind of yeah. is there just to drop wisdom and he even calls it, which I love. I love that line where he goes, "You," he's like, you brave, brave man. Yeah. You know, like he finally addresses him as like, not a boy, but a man because mm-hmm. what he is doing is it, it is a lot like, yeah it takes a lot of courage to do what he's doing yeah. and harry goes back you know he chooses to go back yeah which yeah he didn't have to and albus was very clear he said you have a decision you, you can, can double either, the train yeah you can get on the train and go out of here get out of here and say that's it or you can go back he's like yeah. whatever you want to do at this point he's yeah. like i can't tell you what to do so it's up to you it's a strong scene i I think that, you know, again, as, after listening to the book again, um, I, I think, you know, they, they made, obviously they made choices to not explore certain things. Like, that's where he kind of addresses more of, like, the, the mistakes. They, they kind of made a, they kind of made a decision in this movie, mm-hmm. specifically, I think, in the second part, to not let, like, like Aberforth kind of challenges Harry and his beliefs on Dumbledore, but right. they made a decision to not let that really affect Harry. Like, that scene is... You know, between Harry and Dumbledore, or between Harry and Aberforth, I guess I wasn't wrong, but between Harry and Aberforth is is definitely more of like Harry, you know, being defensive and being like, no, I have to do what I have to do because I trust Dumbledore and, and he, he didn't lie to me, he didn't right. whatever. And in the book, it's much more like, was I manipulated by Dumbledore? Was there ulterior motives? Why didn't he tell me anything? More frustration there. Right. And the King's Cross station seems more of like, almost like an apology. Almost like, right. or like, you it's know. It's basically like, wrapping that story yeah, up. Yeah, explaining why he, why he didn't he chose him, to do that. Yeah, yeah, why he didn't tell him things. And, why, you know, and also like, they, they there's also like, and again, this is a, this is kind of an opinion thing and I'm not trying to get into it yet. We'll talk about it more, I guess, later. But like, that's, scene is very also like explanation of the Deathly Hallows heavy more mm, yeah. and they for a movie called Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows Part 2 the right. Deathly Hallows really aren't very important in this movie and Part 1 kind of makes it sound like they're going to be in part two, they really aren't. There's like no weight to the Hallows themselves. Yes, and I do, I do kind of miss that a little bit. I do, I do wish that they did explore that a little bit more. Yes. And and Dumbledore in that again. And I and look, I'm I'm the one the entire time has been like, you can't compare the book to the movie. You mm-hmm. can't, and, and I'm not, and I'm not. But I just, oh, I we are. Well, <laughs> I just, I wish that there was a little bit more that like you, there's a little bit more to explore there with like Dumbledore's own obsession and, and right. interest in the Hallows, and I think they could have explored that more it was a conscious decision not to but i think the scene still works i just think right. it could be and i guess maybe that's a time thing but also with this being the shortest harry potter movie i wouldn't have minded a couple more minutes yeah in that scene, it is it know? is what it is you know no, it, it is, is it but is. uh but do you want to i guess really quickly talk about the the three we can breeze over them yeah we we look we gave them a, they, they're the only actors we talked about <laughs> last week yeah i don't think we need to do too but much here but um dana radcliffe rupert grant emma watson are still fantastic in these still roles fantastic it is kind of a, with the exception of maybe Daniel Radcliffe, a lot of it is just them going through the motions in this yeah. movie because it's just we have to go here now we have to go here now right. we have to go here right. now we have to go here. You know what? When we talk about Helena Bonham Carter, I meant to mention the wonderful scene of her being Hermione as her. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, is really, yeah. really interesting, and I, 
and and well done yeah. performance by her of she it really does feel like she's kind of captured the essence of Emma Watson in that scene. Well, that's why you get Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. That's why you get her. But but yeah, of those those three main like you know wonderful performances. Right. But I don't necessarily have anything specific to. Dana Radcliffe, maybe again more the weight of like that scene with with Michael Gambon. That scene right. with Dumbledore is really strong. Uh, his reaction to the stuff in the Pensieve, right? Things like that. Like you know, there's some really good again some quieter performances, but it's a lot of just like we're going, we're going, we're coming. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you're right. Well, let's go into synopsis, my friend. Let's do it. Uh, how did you How did you write a synopsis for this? It's very quick. It's very and I and I dropped <laughs> Harry. Harry and his friends go on an action-packed adventure. <laughs> All right, let's talk. <laughs> I uh, I dropped the title thing. Yeah, I yeah. The, you know, I, 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 I've had it a little bit of a roll, but I dropped the title thing. But as Harry, Ron, and Hermione near the end of their hunt for hor- Horcruxes, they are forced to return to Hogwarts, where the students, staff, and the Order of the Phoenix prepare to make their last stand against Voldemort and his army of Death Eaters. As the battle rages on, Harry learns the truth about his connection with Voldemort and must come face-to-face with his destiny. There it is. So... <sighs> It's a you know a story. It's a pretty story light. Um, yeah, there's not really <laughs> story here. I wouldn't say yeah. it's not exactly uh, a story. Like yeah. I think the more the, the most story elements we get are probably the pensive scene. Yeah, and the King's Cross scene. Yeah, That's yeah, kind yeah. of like where a lot of the story, quote unquote, story is. A lot of the yeah. rest of this is just action packed adventure. Yeah. Let's have fun to a degree, but let's still pack it with emotion. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, story-wise, is really the Snape stuff and a little bit in the King's Cross scene. That's yeah. really it's it. just it's ramping up to the death of Voldemort. Yeah. What well, do you want to tie that into our opinion? Since there's not really much story there. Yes, I do. So, <laughs> I really do. So our our opinions. You know, I mean, look, like you know, we've been we've been kind of been saying that this entire time. Like, it's mm-hmm. the most crowd-pleasing movie. It's it's the most exciting movie in the franchise. Right. It is. It is Harry Potter the action movie. I mean, I yes. think we were Harry Potter. Things go boom. You know things what I mean? Things go like, boom. It's <laughs> like that's really what it is, right? It's yes. just here's some action sequences. Here's some you know. Here's some set pieces, and and we get to see all that, and mm-hmm. it's entertaining. It's 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 well done. I did mention to you like like I. I wasn't disappointed by any means, but I just, yeah, I just thought it was a little sloppy. Like, there was a couple moments, like, I, I, I've been hit, hitting along the way of, like, I wish they would have continued the, let's make things a little different from the book. Right. Versus, like, let's just, let's just say they're, they're hap- they happened, or, or they happened the way they happened in the book. Right. I think that's a little confusing. I'm more forgiving in the part one for that because there is a part two for that yes, reason. Yes, And it, it kind of puts expectations on this movie to clear things up. Mm-hmm. Like when we see the, the shard of glass in, the, in part one, yes, that's wild. That just comes out of nowhere. Yes, that's confusing. Maybe part two has a chance to clean that up, like I said. And, and instead of doing that, they just... They kind of double down. And mm-hmm. I, I think that if you're watching this movie and you haven't read the books, you're going to be very confused and you're right. going to have questions. And I think people after part one might go, well, part two is going to answer my questions. And like, no, you're going to be just more confused. Yeah, you know? for sure. For sure. And, and, and that bothered me a little bit just because I, I've been a big defender of like, well, they need to make changes and they need to, they need to adapt things. Right. 
and 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 you need to to make things fit into its own narrative in the movie. Right. And I just felt a little disappointed and let down with certain things. It's like, well, Remus, your son, huh? Yeah. So I think there are story elements that they definitely look over for sure. Like they kind of breeze over in this movie. That you're right. They probably could have taken some time for, considering this movie is only two hours and ten minutes. Mm-hmm. They could have taken a little bit more time with that and um, maybe introduced some of those elements a little bit more. Like I wouldn't have been upset if this movie was like 220 to you know like i wouldn't have been upset with that i think they sacrificed that though for an action movie i think they wanted this to be an action it's an event movie it's an event movie they wanted it to feel epic they wanted it to feel action-packed and they just go for it they're like let's just go as big as we can and we're gonna any of the story elements that we have that people think are important we're gonna just kind of have to breeze over like we can't we don't want to hold up time. Yeah. We don't want to hold up time for that. And it's a unique choice. It doesn't bother me as much, I think, as you do. I, I do. Part of me is like, I do wish they did put some of that in there. But at the same time, they want this to be an event movie. Yeah. And this is a movie at the end of the day. If I really, really want that stuff, I can just read the book. No, and you're, and you're and right. It's you're kind right. of just like you have the book. And I know we've always been talking about having to differentiate the book from the movies and how this has to be... First and foremost, Harry's story. Yeah. Maybe that's why they breezed over it because this is Harry's story. This isn't yeah. Raymond, this isn't Remus Lupin and Tox's story. This yeah. is Harry. Yeah. So it's one of those things where I, I think I'm okay that they overlooked it. I'm okay that they breeze yeah. over it this time around because the action is so much fun and because this is so fast paced, almost like breakneck speed, yeah, how yeah. quickly they get through the story. I appreciated that. And I was yeah. like, I like that they just go for it in this yeah. movie and they just make it go go as fast as they can they hit the points they need to hit they hit the major plot points they have to hit yeah but you still walk out feeling very satisfied you know even if there are a couple things they overlooked yeah you walk out feeling satisfied and that's what's important yeah i mean yeah it's it, I, I feel like i'm nitpicking but yeah a lot of my stuff's just like little little things sure, like yeah even you know like again and, and maybe maybe this is on me maybe it was my tv or whatever but like i know i feel like the 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 battle like the actual battle at hogwarts and around the ground is very dark and it's kind of hard to see and i know yes. that when, this time I knew that was going to happen mm-hmm. so I turned off all my lights like in my entire apartment <laughs> and just sat in darkness and watched it and it was, fu- it was fine oh, but like I shouldn't have to do that you know what I mean and the last time I watched this I really could not see <laughs> right. a single thing sure. on my screen and I went through the last time I watched again this is a couple years ago I went through all my settings on my TV mm-hmm trying to find like the right one and I really couldn't find trying anything to turn that the brightness off. I couldn't like with Adam it's sometimes it's there's certain settings that are made for certain things and I couldn't find it and I had trouble. But it's uh. like, it's like the Game of Thrones issue with the with the big battle that everybody was complaining about. You couldn't I see couldn't anything. see anything. Yeah, that's always um they really fumbled there. Yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones unfortunately we'll never talk about here, but um boy they fumbled that. It is it, it there 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 is a, a darkness issue here. I don't know why certain movies make that choice to I think say, a lot of it do things in darkness I don't get it because I'm like don't you want the audience to see what's going on here? a lot of it is to hide special effects and I mm-hmm. think that that's why like in we kind of mentioned in Chamber of Secrets when they go to the forest and they see Aragog and all the spiders it's extremely dark sequence because they're hiding they yes, help them hide sure. the animatronics or Look, special effects or whatever I'm fine with that 
But when you are on the final Harry Potter movie, and you, this is supposed to be like this epic event where we're trying to see, like, show everybody everything. Well, well that right? because there's so much going on in this movie too. There's so much in the background. You know, there's so much mm-hmm. in the background that, that's happening. Yes. That you want to look at this and you want to like peek through. I mean, I mean, Oliver Wood shows up in this movie for, yes, he does. for five seconds. Yes, he does. Floats by, but if my screen's black, I can't see that. You know, what Oliver I mean? Wood makes his return to Hogwarts in this movie. You know who's not there? Madame Hooch. I wonder why. I wonder why. You know why? Because she was probably drunk in Diagon Alley, not holding a broom. <laughs> useless but yeah useless. Like, like that that I, I know that's nitpicky but yeah right. and, and no I, but it, you're you're allowed to be nitpicky maybe there's a way that i could maybe that's a technical thing maybe there's mm-hmm. a way maybe it's my tv i don't know but i mm-hmm. i've messed with it before i couldn't figure it out right um if you know send us an email but uh <laughs> if you can help ryan fix his tv send us an email <laughs> but well that was kind of what they said for the game of thrones thing though it's like oh just adjust your tv settings I shouldn't have to. That's the thing. That's that's the problem. <laughs> Adjust your TV settings. If everyone is complaining that it's too dark, it's your show. It's not everybody's TV. It's your show. Yeah. Take responsibility and say, we didn't light this correctly. Or just put a thing up in the beginning and be like, hey, this... And maybe they did this, but... They shouldn't have to put a warning up saying you're not going to see anything. You should have lit the freaking scene correctly. That's true. But yeah, I think I definitely think it's they're trying to hide, you know, special effects and things yeah. like that. But hey, look, it's a it's a, it's a it's a good movie, and I think it's a satisfying ending. It's definitely it's definitely right. not bad by any means. I don't think that it's as effective as I remember it being. Right after going on this journey, and especially coming off of part one, which right. we mentioned is a very different movie. Yeah. Than this. Oh, big time. And I think that that's a more enjoyable movie. Now, the the, the, the ending can't be like that. It can't be this slow, <laughs> character-driven right, story. Right, right. You know, it, they can't have all this camping. Right. Forty-one minutes no of more, camping. No more camping. No more forty-one minutes of camping. <laughs> but I, you know, I I understand. But yeah, I I just I, it's satisfying. I enjoyed it. I think I'm going to go with four stars. I'm also four starring this. Are you? Yeah. Are you? I thought yeah. you were going to go four and a half. No, I'm going to go four. I had this at four and a half, and after I watched it, I, I kind of was like, I, I do feel that messiness. I do feel how this is a little. It's it, it's not like super messy, it, but there's enough there where you're like, this is very satisfying. Not everything has the weight that it should. Yes, and I think, and again, not to compare it to the book because the book is its own thing. But yes. I think the book has the weight. In yes. the final battle, everything means everything. Mm-hmm. These last couple of chapters are very heartbreaking, very difficult to read, to get through, and I think the the weight is kind of missing. And and right. it, I think it is because they chose to make it a straight up action movie. They they chose to make, make it, it fast paced, fast paced and exciting, and and to do some like action tropes instead right. of like what's actually going to make it more. Emotional. The bad, the final battle between Harry and Voldemort in the book isn't even a battle. It's just a circling and talking to each other. Yes. But of course, here it's yes. this big wand, you know, connection thing and but it all kinda, this stuff. It, it, it needs to be that. No, it, it, it needs does, to be that. They, they want, people, they want are, to go, people are showing up to watch Harry beat Voldemort. You yeah. can't just have them walk in a circle talking to each other and then have it end. You know, you have to have that wand battle. No, no, I get it. You but, have to have Harry grab Voldemort and say, let's finish this how we started it, Tom. Together! And jump <laughs> off the fr- I mean, like, that's incredible, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. That's a cool scene. No, it's a cool scene. When the fr- yeah. Dude, when the camera pulls away and you just see them plummeting off the 
castle. You're like, oh my god! Like it's it's a great yeah, shot. A, I like the I, I again. I know the people. I know I've seen people that aren't too thrilled about that, but I think that is fun when he's chasing him through the castle. I think that's a lot of fun. They don't like yeah. it because it's not it's not in the book. So how it goes? You <laughs> get over it. It's a movie. Uh, it's Andrew's uh, word to not speak for me. Uh, but no, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, well, I'm glad to hear that we're on the same page there. But yeah, satisfying, but it's 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 far from perfect. And that's yeah. okay. Oh, yeah, that's it's okay. far from perfect. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's talk uniqueness, my friend. What stands out to you here? The fast-paced speed. Yeah. Um, yeah, the, the straight-up like action movie feel of this, which is, this is the most action-packed Harry Potter movie. Yeah. Ever made. Yeah. I mean, no other movie even compares uh, to Fantastic Beasts, Secrets of the <laughs> Sorry. Yes. Of course. <laughs> how can I forget that action masterpiece? Yeah. No, I, I think the breakneck speed, how fast this moves, how it is really just a straight up action movie is, is very different to the series. Again, very different. And how it's more of really kind of just an ensemble movie than yeah. it is just a Harry movie. Like, obviously, a lot of this does focus on Harry, but every other character is given moments. Yeah. That it, it mostly, this is probably the most ensemble feeling movie they've yes. done. You're right. The action sequences, I did put the sloppiness as mm-hmm. well. But it's the ending we've been waiting for, and it's the emotions of saying goodbye to this world and these characters. Absolutely. So, uh, does this bring anything new? Yes, it brings uh, uh, an ending to the Harry Potter it, movies. <gasps> like closure. A, a closure. It brings you closure. It brings you. Uh, d- <laughs> the death of Voldemort, it brings you character moments that you don't get from in any other movie. I mean, this is the most, like, character moments we get from Neville Longbottom. Yeah. This is the, that we get a character moment for Seamus Finnegan. I mean, like, no other movie has a Seamus Finnegan thing, and this is kind of the one He blows stuff up in every movie. He blows movie. stuff up, but, like, this is, like, yeah. the movie where he gets to use that to yeah. help you yeah. know, I mean, every, like, just, again, the character moments, it really is, that is what makes this stand out to me. Yeah, no, you're at, you're, you're right. It's it's definitely... Or that's what that's what's new, really. Yeah. Well, you know, and also, you know, I used this phrase last time as well, or last week as well, but it's it's a love letter to the franchise. You yes. Know? I mean, we're seeing all these characters that we know and love, and we're seeing some of them die, but we're also seeing, <laughs> you know, them fight and, and have closure and everything, yeah. Sorry, friend. Um... <laughs> Uh, what is the George best... will never do magic again. <laughs> oh, God. It's so depressing. Uh, what is the best scene in the film? <sighs> Boy. Look, I think, for me, my runner-up, I think, after watching all this, I think my runner-up is the King's Cross scene, yeah. for sure. But number one scene, best scene, it's the pensive scene. It's the pensive scene, you know? Like, that entire uh, scene is emotional. Yeah. It's filled to the... It explains Snape's entire role in these films. It's just... It's everything you want. And it's emotional. And it shows his love for Lily. It shows the faults of Dumbledore. I mean, it's a really powerful scene. And it's just... It's emotional. And it's very very good. It's letting Alan Rickman show off his his skills. His range. His range. Yeah. And and yeah, it's, it's very well done. It's very well done. It's very powerful scene yes you're you're absolutely right it it, it definitely i agree with you i think that is um you know the best scene in the film Mm -hmm. for me but there's so much to choose from here you know um but some honorable mentions for me you know you you mentioned the king's cross scene like definitely a a high you know high scene for me Mm -hmm. harry being reunited with his lost loved ones is very strong yes very powerful 
the overall battle at Hogwarts is super fun. Yes. Awesome, awesome action awesome sequence. Se- awesome, um, awesome, awesome action sequence. Harry returns to Hogwarts when he walks into the cha- the rumor requirements, and mm-hmm. everybody's super excited to see him. Really strong. The trio meets Aberforth. I really like that scene as well. Mm-hmm. And I, another scene, you know, just wanted to mention. We've kind of mentioned here, but the epilogue. The epilogue, obviously. We haven't um, spoken on the epilogue too yeah. much, but I do want to say I get teary eyed during the epilogue still because I just think it's beautiful. Yeah, it's almost like everything looks normal again. But you see Harry, Ginny, Ron, Hermione, Draco. You kind of see everyone there, the mains. But you realize, oh, they, you kind of see them realizing, like, this is why we fought. Was so this could exist still. Yeah. So we can have this world for our, our kids. And it's safe. And there's no Voldemort reigning terror. Like, this is why we did this. Was so we had yeah. this. We could still do this. And it's it's really incredible. Also, 19 years and King's Cross wasn't very updated. <laughs> you think maybe they would have like switched to like the digital signs? Maybe it's a little yeah. weird that it's still like the regular. Well, Nineteen years and uh, our uh, our heroes did not. Some of them did not age very well. Uh, oh come on, Ron Weasley, let himself go a little bit. Let him go, man. Let him go. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a wonderful scene. It's a great it's, scene. It's 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 a good ending to the to the movie. Yeah, you know? but connectivity. How does this fit in with the rest of the franchise? Uh, it is. Part two of part one. <laughs> it is part two of a uh, of a book, but uh, it's also um, I think it fits in in that it finishes telling the story of the Deathly Hallows book. Right, it it finishes the story and finishes the Harry Potter basically mania in one movie. I mean this this movie, like you said, is the last major Harry Potter event that we get. Anything like I, fan, Fantastic Beast, I don't consider Harry Potter. This yeah. is the last Harry Potter thing we ever get. That is like important, that means something. Again, I'm also overlooking Cursed Child, which I'm okay with. But um it, But you it saw it. I did I know. I know. <laughs> La-di-da. It it is it's the kind of the last major event that we get that yeah. really plays into that mania that we felt and people showed up you yeah. know i mean it made a lot of money yeah and it, it, it's 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 really the closure of that i mean it's the ultimate payoff yeah exactly yeah. is this a worthy continuation of the franchise absolutely well before we get into the future of the franchise let's yes. talk some casting and some fun facts and some major differences between the book and the movie and camping we're gonna go camping <laughs> <laughs> right, how much camping was in this movie? Zero percent, zero percent camping. Um, I mean, they 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 get ready to camp. They do get ready to camp. They get ready to They're camp. They're about to, and, and and they don't. So there's about like a minute of camping, I would say. But uh, casting. So for the role of Helena Ravenclaw that we see here, mm. uh, it was that apparently they considered Kate Winslet. Oh. She would have been good. A nice little kind yeah. of kind of a cameo role, you know what I mean, for for this. But uh, she apparently her her agent declined this. I don't think I don't think she even told her, or that their agent even uh, her agent even told her. But her agent declined the role, stating that uh, speaking, I guess, for Kate Winslet, saying that she would not want to follow suit with every other actor in Britain by being a part of Harry Potter. But I feel like I feel like Kate Winslet wanted to follow suit with every other actor. <laughs> In Britain, yeah. I, I can't imagine that she would would have turned that down. Yeah, uh, Jamie Wylett, uh, who portrays Crab in the films, okay, uh, is not featured. Oh, in this movie. here we go. Uh, so there is actually. So I think what you're thinking of is is actually technically not a factor here. Uh-huh. But so he uh, is, was not featured in the movie because he was uh, arrested for various drug charges. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. So so the character was replaced by Blaze Zabini. That's mm-hmm. that's the name of the, the character we were thinking of from uh, from the sixth film. So they pulled him from the sixth yeah. film, put him in here. But 
Waylet was also later arrested for his participation in the 2011 London riots. There it is. While, while wielding a Molotov cocktail. Yeah, that's so, him. That's the guy. Yeah. Yeah, he's a... Uh, crab really is crab in real life. <laughs> like, that's who he is. So, hey, I hope he's doing well and, you know, I hope he's all right. And not holding a cocktail, Molotov cocktail anymore. But With, um, with a joint hanging out of his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Draco Malfoy's wife in the film is played by Tom Felton's real-life girlfriend at the time, Jade Olivia Gordo. Oh, that was probably so, a nice little, uh, at the yeah. time. Well, I think they said, <laughs> I think Tom Felton was like, yeah, just do it. And she's like, well, I don't know. He's like, just do it. Like, it's one scene. Come she on. didn't really want to do it. He's like, just do it. You know? He's like, hey, do you want to work? <laughs> do you want to work in this town ever again? But other fun facts. Uh-huh. Uh, Voldemort giving Draco the hug. In, in the movie, yeah, uh, was improvised, and Tom Felton's reaction was genuine. He didn't know oh. he was going to do that. Oh god! So he's just kind of awkwardly that's ter- that's, ter- that's terrifying, actually. <laughs> At one point, it was suggested making the McGonagall and Snape duel in Hogwarts into a Harry and Snape duel, but the idea was scrapped by Rowling, who felt the scene was key for McGonagall. Yeah, I agree. I'm glad it was McGonagall. Uh, Emma Watson acted out the scene of Hermione as Bellatrix for Helena Bonham Carter to have a reference for how Hermione would act in this situation. So mm. it's Helena Bonham Carter pretending to be Emma Watson, pretending to be Hermione, pretending to be Bellatrix <laughs> Lestrange. So, there it is. Uh, the room of requirement is full of leftover props from the previous films in the series, including the knight Ron wrote on and the Pixies Lockhart, Lockhart's Let, Let's Loose in Chamber Secrets. Oh, that's really cool. So uh, By the end of the series... Daniel Radcliffe had Harry's scar applied around 2,000 times. Wow. Yep. 2,000 times? Yep. Good lord. This movie set the record for biggest opening weekend ever and was broken about a year ago, about a year later, by the first Avengers film. Mm. David Yates stated that they had to reshoot the epilogue scene of the film because the heavy makeup originally used did not reflect well in the dailies. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, uh, that happens sometimes. I mean, that's what reshoots are for. A scene was pitched depicting the Ford Angelia car from the second film returning to save Ron after being cornered by Death Eaters during the final battle, mm-hmm. but this was rejected by David Yates because he felt it was childish and the car probably wouldn't be destroyed. Would, would probably be destroyed by now. Hmm. Interesting. When Harry reveals that he's still alive, it was originally intended for Draco Malfoy to toss him his wand, and the scene was apparently filmed, but did not was not featured in the movie. But the scene is depicted in the video game. Isn't that in the book? I don't think so. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's depicted in the video game, though. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that, because they usually that, base that, it off of like a, an early script or That would have been interesting because then that really would well, solidify yes. Draco... Picking a side. Picking a side. Saying, hey, I'm, I'm for the greater good. Yeah. The film was nominated for three Academy Awards for Best Visual Effects, mm. Lost to Hugo, uh, Best Makeup, Lost to the Iron Lady, and Best Art Direction, Lost to Hugo. Hugo's a great movie, though. <laughs> Martin Scorsese, my friend. <laughs> It's all about, uh, of course, the movie, but movies won. <laughs> of course. Uh, but major differences between the book and the movie. Uh, because of the movies being split into two, the majority of the differences in the second part fall on minor details. We already went through some of them, but when Harry and his friends meet Aberforth Dumbledore in the movie, Harry states that he doesn't care about Dumbledore's past mm. because he trusts him and wants to get to Hogwarts. Well, in the book, they learn more about Dumbledore's past, including more information about the death of his sister, Ariana, which we eventually explored in The Secrets of Dumbledore. Ooh. Uh, in the book, Harry and Voldemort circle each other in the Great Hall while discussing the loyalty of the Elder Wand mm. and Voldemort's killing curses backfired and his body is left lying for all to see. On the movie, Harry doesn't explain the loyalty to the wand until after the battle is over and Voldemort's body disintegrates. In the book, after the battle, Harry uses the Elder Wand to fix his wand and then places it back with Dumbledore's body as its true master. On the movie, Harry snaps the wand and throws it away. Yes, he does. He snaps that thing and tosses it. (laughs) 
It says no more elder wands. He could have at least fixed his wand. Like, don't you think? Yeah, that. I think he should have. I think he probably should have before he <laughs> broke that thing and threw it away. Well, my friend, let's go into the future of the franchise. Should there have been a sequel to this? No. <laughs> no, I don't want a sequel to this. We kind of get one. Yeah, kind of. Broadway. Do you think, I mean, maybe this is a question for, for next week, but do you think there will ever be a... Harry Potter and the Cursed Child movie. If they do it, I think... I know Radcliffe has stated, if I ever come back to that, it's going to be like 20, 30 years from now when I'm of the age. That yeah, would well, make it's, sense. It's 19... So... It, they pick up in the epilogue 19 years after the, right. the, the the ending of the book, or the movie. So it very well could... You know, we're at, or we're at 12 years, or 11 years now. Right. So they very well could... I guess. They could, in a couple, around, which, you which know. would be like 2030. Yeah. twenty. I mean, again, that's very, maybe a little after 2030. I mean, I would I, I, I would very much be on board if Daniel Rat, if the entire group was coming back yes. and they said we're all signing on to do the Cursed Child film, I would be in. Here's, I would be totally in. But what my, do you worry, do my worry is that would soil the original yeah. uh, run because as you may know Cursed Child is not the best story yeah. it's probably it's not a great follow up to everything and you know Rowling probably should have stopped while she was ahead yeah. and so I feel like that yeah. would maybe tarnish things a little bit technically but... I don't think that was really her like she kind of gave like a, she's credited as with like three other two other people as like a story okay so yeah so yeah. she it's didn't still... write the whole thing yeah I, I don't know I think that might tarnish the legacy a little bit if they came back for Cursed Child but again, that's one of those things where it's like, maybe you could do it, maybe you couldn't do it. What do you I do about um, Cerberus Snape, who, who is featured in the in the movie? And obviously, Alan Rickman's not with us anymore. Do do you would you recast? Do you do you do a Steve Close and just write that character out and pick mm-hmm. another character? I really, I I I don't know. I would not want to see that character recast. Yeah. But I feel like they would. <laughs> I feel like they would well, do it. Well, 2030, they can probably just regenerate. But you also have to think in 2030. Alan, Alan Rickman, they can just do full CGI Alan Rickman. <laughs> you have to think, too, in 2030, a lot of these older actors who were involved in this might not be here. Yeah. You know, there's no guarantee Michael Gambon's still going to be around. Yeah. There's no guarantee that Maggie Smith is still going to be around. You know, like, there, there is kind of that thing where you're like some of these actors could die before then you know like and but i don't know i mean i wouldn't be i wouldn't hate if they did a cursed child but i think it would be a bad idea because i think it would tarnish the legacy i think they need to if they were to do it they really need to tweak some of the story elements right i I think steve close would be great for that i don't know why they just get him the right to play right exactly It's, it's one of those things. But, uh, so, what do you want to see in the future? Nothing. We don't want to see it. No, right? I'm done. And then what franchise star would you add? N- nobody. There's nobody. One. There's nobody else to <laughs> nobody add. Nobody else to add. Everyone in Britain um, is in this movie. Well, my friend, you know, let's rank these It's time films. to rank them. Again, we want to be clear. Not this is a, not, not the final not ranking. Not final ranking. Even though this is our last movie, it's not the final ranking. You have to come back next week for the retrospective where we give a final ranking. Yes. So, this is more just a general placement for now. Yeah. Of where we maybe feel it's going to end up. But, um... You know, this is not by any means our final ranking, even though it is the final movie. Yeah, yeah. So we have eight films. So yeah. let's let's try to do eight. Or let's start at eight. <laughs> uh, number eight. Uh, Order of the Phoenix. Yes, that that we're set on. Yes. Uh, number seven. Chamber of Secrets. Also set on. <laughs> uh, number six. Philosopher's Stone. Yes. Uh, number five. Okay. Here's where we're gonna start getting interesting. Do you want to flip flop again, at least for now? I and... um no. Let's put Half Blood at five. Okay. 
Half-Blood Prince at five. Okay. Uh, number four. I think it's Goblet. See, I okay. you think you think it's I knew this is where we we're gonna have the divide. Yeah, I, I would put Hallows Part Two. I know, to be I know you would. I know but, you would. But you know, I'm I'm <laughs> flexible. I'm flexible. Look, here's the thing. It's not an official ranking. It's not an official ranking. It's not an official ranking. And look, last week Deathly Hallows Part One was put up. At you, number can do, one. you can do. You can do. You you're 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 charging. You're taking charge. <laughs> you you tell me. Okay. How about this? We'll do. We'll do Goblet at four this week, Deathly Hallows Part Two at three. Okay. Prisoner at two. Okay. And Deathly Hallows Part One at one. Okay. We'll and see next week, out. and we'll figure it on. We'll figure out that top four. That's four. I be will. Messy. I will say. I think you are probably right. I do think Goblet is going to beat out. We'll see this, but the only reason I'm going with this is because I just enjoyed the finale no, enough and... that I was like, oh, let's you know, yeah. but. Again, not a not an official ranking, but uh, we'll we'll hash out that top four <laughs> next week. Well, uh, do you have anything else you want to add or say about you know this movie or just overall like kind of our experiences so far as we head into the retrospective next week? Yeah, um, I can't believe we're done Harry Potter. I can't believe we're like done. I know, and I know we have like still a big, big, big conversation next week with the retrospective. I know there's a lot there, but I want to say that this is a great franchise yeah and i liked this movie a lot i'm glad we did these movies um i'm excited to kind of jump in next week to really break down the extended franchise that's going to be a lot of fun i cannot wait for it and uh what's up bruce oh god he's still here hey! I, thought, I thought you left no no i'm still here boys what you where you weren't here last week where were you uh, last week was half blood prince what are you talking about i was here no, no last week was death the halos part one Part one? Yeah. No, it's one movie. No. Deathly Hallows. That's what, yeah. It's no. Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. No, it's it's two movies. No. Did you just watch one part? I, I watched up to when that little elf dies. That's, that's the last the, movie. That's, yeah, that's the last movie. That you think the movie end, you think the, the Harry Potter series ends with him burying the elf? Yeah, it die, it's, that's the last thing. He killed, Dobby dies, and that's it. It's over. You know there's another movie, right? No, there's not. There's Deathly Hallows. Dobby dies. You and gotta, that's it. you gotta do some research, man. It's kind of upsetting because you're like, oh, what about that whole Voldemort thing? You know, they never wrap that up, and you want to see it wrapped up. Like you're really craving it. It's almost like it's almost like it's a part one. You know? You know when we when we're done this like podcast, you want a part thing, two. I have I have to show you. So it's gonna blow your mind. I'm I'm sorry. What do you what is this? What are you gonna show me? We'll see. Okay. Um, well, that's great. Uh, yeah, it's. I. I just. I didn't know you did that last week. Did you guys split it up into part one and part two? No, there's. There's about eight. There's months. two movies. There's two movies. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. So they wrap up the Voldemort thing. Yeah. I'll be right back. <laughs> well, that's it. All right. Well. Well, he's gone. Maybe he's a little distracted now. Huh. Maybe we can. Uh, I think wrap uh, this up. I, I think you melted his mind. <laughs> Well, my friend, uh, that brings us to the end of our episode. Thank you for listening. Thank you to Tony and to everybody who listens. Mm-hmm. We really appreciate everybody for the support. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and more. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FranchiseMePod. 
You can see all of our rankings on Letterboxd. It's uh, just Franchise Me, just one word. And you can send us an email, franchisemepod at gmail.com. Uh, give us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. Give us your feedback so we can get better each week. Also, check out our bonus series, A Year in Franchises, where each episode we break down all the franchise movies in a year. Don't forget to check our website, franchisemepodcast.com, where you can see all of our episodes. We may have covered all of the movies, but we are not done yet. So make sure to come back next week where we break down all things Harry Potter in our special retrospective episode. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, there's a second movie. <laughs>